are you out there? <laughs> so the question from the choir from John Legend, are you out there? I know we are. I see you out here every week. I see you actually all over the place, not just us, but other folks who are longing for connection, for wholeness, for justice and equity. We are out there. I see us all the time. I saw many of you just this past week crammed into the tight gym quarters of Armitage Elementary School, there for the elementary school music program. Some of you were there sitting with me as we were watching everyone from the littlest pre-kindergartners all the way up through fifth grade as they were singing their songs for the music program, and all of them started off with a song about Martin Luther King Jr. My heart filled up sitting there listening and knowing that they were learning about his life and legacy as I watched their beautiful faces sing to us. Different songs for different age groups, but the one that I can't get out of my head is Martin Luther King was a peace-loving man. He fought for you and me all over this land. Over and over, I got to hear that, and it was beautiful, and I watched the kids sing and the adults tear up there in the audience. And I knew that we were out there with our longing, our longing for a different way in our country, our longing for connection and hope and justice and equity. And I knew too that there we were 50 years after the death of this prophet with his dream still unrealized. You see, I know that we're out there, out there with this feeling and this desire for something different in our country, in our lives, in our communities. What I'm wondering is what are we willing to do with those feelings? What are we willing to do with our actions, with our deeds, with our lives? This weekend, our teenagers shared their statements of faith. They were brave and it was challenging to lay down on paper, to say out loud in front of folks, this is what I believe in, this is what I will be for in this world. And yet as hard as this was, I know our teenagers know this, that is just the beginning in our faith tradition. Because here we are all about the lifelong project of aligning our actions with our beliefs. Knowing our beliefs is a starting point, not an ending point in our faith. It is where we begin as we then focus on what we will do with our lives, with our actions, with our love, with our creativity, our energy, and our passion. What will we do with those feelings and values and commitment? What can we do? to create a world of greater justice and connection and wholeness. I have some ideas about this. A couple of months ago, I got to attend a conference in New York City called the Revolutionary Love Conference. I went with Reverend Ruth and with Lauren Wyeth, our Director of Children, Youth, and Family Ministries here. And it's this conference that happens every spring and it brings forth multicultural, multiracial, interfaith perspectives on activism and justice and faith. While we were at the conference, we listened to speaker after speaker that just blew us away, incredible things they were bringing to us and kind of pumping us up and making us able to go out and live our faith and our values. But there's one particular conversation I wanna tell you about today. And really in this conversation, there was Parker Palmer, the Quaker activist and author, who sat and listened 90% of the time. It was a beautiful thing to watch. As Valerie Kaur, our Sikh sister, the one who became fa famous after our last presidential election when she put out this idea, when she was wondering, so in this dark time in our country when things might feel hopeless, is this the darkness of the tomb or the darkness of the womb, she wondered. Do you all remember that? 
It was a really helpful reframing of what this moment might be in our country and what could be happening. So when Valerie Kaur came and spoke at this conference this spring, she admitted something to us. She said, you know, when I said that, so many people have thanked me, you know, is this the darkness of the tomb or the darkness of the womb? Folks are so grateful for a hopeful reframing of this moment. She's like, but the thing is, I really didn't know. I still don't really know. Is this birth of new life in our nation that we're experiencing or is this the labor of death? I don't know, she said. What I know is that either way, it is labor. Labor of birth, labor of death, it happens on both ends of the life. This sense of being in labor. And when we are in labor, we need love. We need care and tending. We need to be reminded to breathe and push, whether it is the labor of new life or the labor of death. So laboring for love, laboring for the birth of revolutionary love is what we need to be about, she told us. Revolutionary love can be seen as the new techniques and tactics of nonviolence. Revolutionary love is something that can be a foundation upon which a multicultural, multi-faith movement of love and justice can be built. And revolutionary love has three practices in it, as she outlined for us. These practices are love of others, love of our opponents, and love for ourselves. So, love of others. Love of others, she says, is about getting past our animal instincts to go ahead and put each other in boxes and say we are separate from one another and I should be scared of people who are different than me. To break down that animal instinct, she said, we need to start with some gentle curiosity, with some wondering about the other. I wonder what that person is going to have for dinner tonight. I wonder what that person is hoping for for their children. I wonder. I wonder what makes them laugh. I wonder how they met their partner. I wonder what they care about learning. I wonder. This wondering can lead us into relationships that bridge difference. This wondering can take us out of our fear-based way of living and into a space of curiosity, of love for others. Love for our opponents, practice number two. Now, this is no easy thing to be doing. We know that this is hard, actually, and sometimes it's not even a great idea for the person who's being harmed to be trying to love the person who is harming them. That's why we need to be in community, she said, because then when I'm being harmed by somebody, maybe you can love them because I cannot. <laughs> Together, we can love our opponents and we can push ourselves toward that love. We know that oppression hurts everyone, even the oppressor, even though we also know that oppression doesn't hurt everyone equally. So we need to share this load of loving our opponents. So the third practice of revolutionary love, loving ourselves. Now, Valerie Kaur admitted in this conversation too, she's like, I love me some yoga and lattes, but that is not all of what I'm talking about here. <laughs> Those are fine. But what I'm talking about in love of ourselves is the love of ourselves that happens when we're called back to who we really are by our spiritual practices and by one another. When we remember who we are and what we're about and we care for ourselves as we move toward that. And sometimes, just like with loving our opponents, we cannot do all the loving ourselves ourselves. 
After all, when someone is grieving or hurting or having a hard time or when they are giving birth to something new, they can't do it all by themselves. When someone is in labor to give new life, when someone is in the labor of death, we don't say, hey, good luck with that. Hope you can get your own water. (laughs) No. We wrap around them with our care. We wrap around them. We bring them what they need. We show them that we love them. We sit with them. We are just present with our love and care. So sometimes loving ourselves means being vulnerable enough with another to let them in, to let them know what you really need, and to let them love you when you can't love yourself that way. When we do this practice, we are reminded of who we really are. Because when it is hard, we have people who know us, who can look us in the eye, who can whisper in our ear, who can say, I see you. You can do this. You are strong beyond what you can imagine in this moment. We love you. You've got this. This is the kind of love of ourselves that I'm talking about, is those relationships that can care for us when we need them the most. So these are the three practices of revolutionary love, loving others, loving our opponents, loving ourselves. These practices can form the root of what we do to help us grow in ever more alignment with our actions and our values as we give birth through the labor of love to this new way to revolutionary love. Tomorrow, as you heard, the Poor People's Campaign kicks off all around our country. This campaign was originally conceived of by the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. back in 1968. And the Poor People's Campaign recognizes the reality that without economic opportunity, the pursuit of life and liberty and happiness is impossible. This campaign that Dr. King dreamed about amplifies the voices of the poor, of immigrants and refugees as we labor together for the birth of a new way, the birth of revolutionary love in our nation. So here we are, 50 years after his death, 50 years after Martin Luther King conceived of this Poor People's Campaign. There some of us are sitting in the gym of elementary schools listening to children sing sweetly about a dream that changed the world. And we are being asked today, not only if our hearts are moved, but what we will do with our actions. What will we do with our lives, with our love, with our commitment? If you can, I hope you will join us tomorrow at five at the Capitol for the launch of the Poor People's Campaign. We'll be there every Monday for the next six weeks as we strive with others around the country to turn our faith into action to align our hopes for this country with the reality of what it can be. And whether you choose or are able to join us at the Capitol or not, I want you to know that we are all in this together not just in this poor people's campaign together, but we are in this journey of life together. We are in this spiritual journey of ever more aligning our actions with our values together. Whether it is when you are welcoming new life into your family, whether it is at times of coming of age, times of loss and death, times of new beginnings for you, we are here together, looking one another in the eye, whispering in each other's ear. I see you, you're strong, you can do this. We love you, may it be so, amen.